Hi, everybody. Joe with the Gym Life Podcast for another special athlete interview with uh, Julia Tomaszewski. Um, unruly Julie, for those of you who follow her on Instagram, which, of course, seems to be now, that's your, your, your infamy, your, your name these days. I, p- people reference you by that. Yeah, they do. Um, it's kind of funny when you like meet people at an event or something and they're like, oh, are you unruly Julie? But, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, it does seem that that these uh, Instagram, uh, ha- these Instagram names kind of stick with us because we are often, often, uh, what do you want to say, uh, followed on these, these social media sites by a mob of people who, who sort of uh, uh, are your fan base, I guess, right? And not yeah. just competitors, but you often go to these shows and, and you see people and run into them that aren't competitors that know you for that same reason. Yeah, it's cra- like at OSG, it was crazy. Like people asked to like take pictures with me and it's just really weird because I don't, I just think of myself obviously as like a, just a normal, I'm just like doing normal things. And then it's crazy that people want to like follow you and see what you're doing. So, but it's cool. It's awesome. Well, you, you know, you got a pretty flamboyant personality. You know that. Um, yeah. This is by design. I mean, certainly it's your character all the way. When I first saw you, I think, well, I shouldn't say that. I've been following you for about a year now, but when you did, I think it was your first strong woman, strong man competition. And you had the Rosie the Riveter look going on, you know, the red, white, and blue with the reverse bandana. Oh yeah. We did a, it was a 4th of July show. Okay. That's what it was. Yeah. And you were all yeah. decked out in your 4th of July gear. I loved it by the way. And I actually train a, I train a, a, a young, young girl. Her name's Amber. She's a junior powerlifter herself. Mm-hmm. And she just started strong woman or strong man this year. And see, now I'm going to get all confused because your comment, I just lo- listened to it. Is it strong woman or strong man for you? I mean, I don't know. I, to me, like, I just say that I do strong man because that's like the name of the sport, I think, but it honestly doesn't matter to me. No, either I, way. I caught your interview on that. I know now it's just kind of messing me up. I don't know what to yeah. say. But, but I, I was tra- I train Amber and I, I, she, I said, listen, when you get in, she's a power lifter and she's doing mm-hmm. pretty well. And when she got into strong woman, uh, I said, well, listen, you need to bring a little attitude with you to strong woman when you do this stuff. She says, what do you mean? So I forwarded over those pictures of you in that July 4th competition. I said, this is what you have to do right here. Yeah. I think it helps. Like my whole thing is that like, if you feel like you look your best, whatever that like means to you, then I feel like you're going to perform better. Um, If I just like rolled out of bed and went to a show, which like maybe that works for some people, but for me, I would just feel like, I don't know. I feel, I would feel like I wasn't going to like perform as well as if I'm like, I got my hair done, my makeup, whatever. Like my, I get my mail, nails to match my outfit and all that. Like, I feel like it makes me feel more confident. And so then I'm going to like perform the best. It, it's kind of like you're putting on your game face, really. Uh, your yeah. superhero costume, if you will. You know, you're that sort mm-hmm. of that alter ego. Yeah. Yeah, you do a great job of that. Uh, it, that's one of the things that I certainly notice about you every time. And not only when you compete. I mean, you bring it everywhere you go, and that's a great personality trait about you. You tell that you're super confident, and you're leading the way with that every time. Thank you. So you are, uh, you know, I want to get to a couple questions before we get into strong woman, because that's obviously yeah. what's taking, you know, you, taking, you know, your life by storm right now. But you actually started out as a powerlifter, and you were to, you ended up becoming an elite international powerlifter as well. But how did that all start for you, Julia? Like, at what age did you start getting into strength sports? Um, so I actually started as an Olympic lifter, um, which not a lot of people know. I don't have very many like videos of that because it was a long, it was before Instagram was like popular. It was when, you know, you would like 
post a picture of like the one thing that you ate and you would get like 12 likes from your friends or whatever. So I started Olympic lifting, um, probably back in like 2012 because I played rugby for the university of Colorado. And yeah, so I hired a trainer because there wasn't really back then, like at least for our school, there wasn't really like a women's like trainer or like protocol for lifting. And I was like, that just seems really silly because I was a forward, um, which means you're like, I guess it would be like you're on the line in football. Um, And so you want to be strong. Like you're hitting other girls, you're pushing against other girls in the the scrum. And I'm like, why don't we lift? Like, it doesn't make sense that all we do for our like fitness is we just run sprints. I'm like, that makes no sense to me. So I hired a trainer for like explosiveness um, to get stronger. And so I started only lifting. And then I had two knee surgeries from playing rugby. Um, I got tackled really good and tore my ACL meniscus. And then like, I came back, tackled somebody really good and tore my meniscus again. And then I was done um, after that. And so I wanted to keep lifting and doing something to stay active. So I got into uh, Olympic lifting way more. And then um, I did three competitions in Olympic lifting. Um, And by that time I had moved down to San Diego and I was training at Ironmonger's gym, which is like a powerlifting gym. And everybody was like, dude, you need to powerlift. Like, I don't know why you're only lifting. Like you're way more built for powerlifting. And I was like, no, like I love only lifting. And then I like, I was like, all right, let's do both. And I started like training for powerlifting. And I was like, oh, this is so much more fun. Like I went to a meet and the energy was so much better than like, I don't know if you've ever been to an only lifting meet, but it's very quiet. Yeah, I kind of saw it on TV once or twice, not just in the Olympics, but you're right. It's you could you could hear a pin drop in there for sure. Yeah, like it's etiquette to like when the lifter is going, like you you're quiet and you like let them lift, which is not how I am. Like I like the hype and like yeah. I want to get like slapped in the back and whatever. And so yeah, I was like powerlifting is way more my style. So I started um training for powerlifting and then I think I did my first meet like six months after that. And then I just like, I, it was too hard to do both sports. So I just focused on powerlifting. Um, and I think that was probably like 2015. Yeah. I think I've been powerlifting for like six years. Um, and then yeah, I got really into powerlifting, like just kept doing more and more, uh, meets and moved out to Utah for my job. And then how I got into strongman was I did a fundraiser. Um, I was at a fundraiser at a gym here and they had stones and everybody was like, just do a stone, like just do one, you know? So I did like one and I was like, okay, that was easy. Like, give me another one. So then I like did another one. And then somebody put the like 230 stone in front of me and I like, couldn't get it at first. Like I, I got it like touching the platform, but I didn't know how to like walk my hands under and push it up. And so I was like, I have to get this stone. Like I can't not get it. And it took me three tries and the whole gym was like screaming and cheering. Like I have a video that I can send you. It's on uh, Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. And like the whole gym is cheering and everything. And I, I finally, I got it like on the third try. And I was like, this is literally the most fun thing I've ever done. I was like bruised everywhere. And I was like, I, I love this sport. So that's how I got into strongman. Well, it's interesting kind of backtrack through your conversation there. First off, it's, well, I mean, to be able to not find a trainer or to not be able to have a lifting program for what you did in college, it seems archaic to me. Like it was like the early 1900s or something. Yeah. I mean, what university doesn't have strength building for all their athletes? That's crazy to even hear mm-hmm. that. 
But Olympic lifting, I mean, it certainly didn't hurt you. It probably is now helping you a ton, certainly with your pressing. I mean, I've watched you oh, all yeah. press the other day. I think it was 165 for 10, which is pretty awesome. And obviously you were split jerking every one of those, I think. Uh, it looked great. Mm -hmm. um, was there other other things that you carried over from your Olympic lifting that you could identify pretty easily, even with powerlifting and, and, and of course, strongman? Um, I think just like being able to be aware of your body and okay. like the cueing and stuff like you, you can pick up the cues easier. I felt like, because I had already done a strength sport. So if somebody was saying, you know, like pull your shoulder blades down, as opposed to like pinching them back, I was like, oh, I like know what that feels like to like depress my scapula. Um, whereas I think if I didn't have any strength training before, I wouldn't be as aware of um, like how to implement cues, but for sure, like, cause I split jerk, split jerk is my favorite. I'm like now learning how to push press and push jerk. Um, but for sure, be Oli lifting helped me so much for strong man with the pressing. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that the cues, right? I mean, cause you're, when you do try to explain those things, like your scat pulling your scapula's back and you're new to the powerlifting game, it's not something you pick up on right away. Matter of fact, it might take you months and months and months till you finally get it and go, oh, okay, now I know what that feels like. Mm -hmm. So you kind of had a leg up a bit. And I know that helped propel you uh, through the powerlifting career that you had, sh as short as it was, although there's always time for a comeback. I, I know you now being a state rep for w, uh, with WRPF, you can't tell me you don't go to those meets and go, okay, maybe, maybe just one more, maybe just one more. I definitely will come back and do a powerlifting meet. Um, I don't, I'm not like putting that completely aside, but I, so my goal, my thing that I wanted to do was do both and compete in both. But then it was like the same thing that I found with Oli lifting and powerlifting where it's, I would just be competing all the time. And I need to, especially with strongman, there's so many implements. I need to have time to like learn the implements because I want to be good at strongman. I don't want to just like half-ass either of the sports. So, but I will definitely come back and do a powerlifting meet yeah. at some point. Yeah, I'm guessing you will. Uh, you look like you had a lot of, you have a lot of fun being the rep, a state rep, I can tell. Yeah. I I've watched some of those videos of you at comp your competitions that you're doing. And they, you're right. There's a stark difference between Olympic lifting and regular powerlifting. Your meets are a perfect example of that. They're super high energy, like a lot of them are or should be. Um, so, yeah, that's interesting, uh, that those points about Olympic lifting and powerlifting. And now strongman. But you mentioned, you know, you want to stick to strongman to try to make sure you, you stay in your, your wheelhouse as far as training for the implements and those sort of things. And also competitions. How mm -hmm. many competitions do you feel like, since you've been a part of this competition game for a while, what is a lot for you? Where do you see yourself kind of moving forward in like the next year? Well, I keep saying like, I'm going to take an off season and then I keep signing up for more shows. Yeah, so, yeah. um, I, I mean, I think I've done, I've done four strongman shows already in like six months, which is a lot. That's like a lot. I, yeah. I would not tell my like athletes that I coach to do that. Um, and then I'm competing again in January. What show is that? Um, so I'm doing the mammoth on the 22nd and the the reason that i was planning on taking an off season after osg but the mammoth is the qualifier for this year's arnold so that's why i'm doing it okay um so it's actually so a it would be, for this year's arnold yeah so three months later you could be on the stage at the arnold doing this then okay yeah and so that's why i'm doing that show okay yeah i mean hey there's just all these different pathways to these different events that are great out there it's hard not to as an athlete get excited about wanting to qualify for as many things as you can in a single season uh let me ask you 
when that invite right. came in for OSG, uh, were you aware that was going to happen, that you were going to get invited to uh, the, the games that quickly? I mean, you're six months into your strong woman career, and all of a sudden you get this invite. I mean, what was going through your head? So I actually did the online qualifier for OSG. Oh, That's how did. I got in. Okay. See, I didn't mm -hmm. see anything about that when I was looking at- I didn't post it. Okay. I didn't post my like qualifier uh, trial. I was, okay. So what happened was I was in prep for the Pioneer, like powerlifting me. I think I was literally like maybe like three weeks out. I was really close to that show. And um, I was looking at the, I had friends talking about OSG. I, I didn't even like know what OSG was. And so I like looked up the standings and I was like, I can get in to this show. Um, and so I went to the gym, like the last day of the, that, the, that you could do the qualifiers. And I just real quick did all three qualifiers and sent them in. And what were they? Tell me and what. I got, so it was, um, max three rep log and then, uh, max five rep deadlift. I actually used like an old deadlift video where you could see all the weights. That was like a six rep max for my deadlift because I was calculating all the points and I was like, I don't need, I didn't want to like redo a heavy deadlift right before my powerlifting me if I didn't have to. So I used an old video, um, where you could see the weights, you could see the, um, that it was like legit or whatever. And then it was, oh, the awful sandbag shuttle. It was like a two, I think it was 200, not 220, but it was like for 20 feet, you like went down, like put the sandbag down, repicked it, and then came back. And as many times as you could do, I think you had 90 seconds. So you got, that gave you a lot of points though, because you got more points based on how many times like you touched down. Um, so that helped me, the sandbag, because my log is like, my log is getting better, but log is, was definitely like the hardest implement for me. Um, yeah, I mean, so, yeah. you're going against all those big pressers, certainly, and they were probably looking for something, you know, it, it, yeah, I guess you better had something else in the bag. And yeah. it happened to be a sandbag, no pun intended, but yeah, that worked out well for you. So they let you use an old deadlift video though, huh? I mean, that I didn't, I've never heard of that before. I, did you just sneak that in? What happened? I mean, I, mean, really I just, allow that? I used a deadlift video that was a six rep max. Well, it was six reps. It was supposed to be five, but it was, okay. you could see the weights on the video. So I was like, this is me deadlifting. I don't know. Yeah, I just, I, I guess I just never heard of that before. You know, sometimes I, I know a lot of guys that have done the online qualifiers for yeah. other events and never heard anybody turn in an old video, but it makes sense to me. Why not? I don't think you're like supposed to do that, but it was a video and, and I did six reps in it. So I was like, obviously yeah. I can do more right. than that. So, but I just turned it in and was like, let's see how that goes. And then, sure. um, and so I got, I was like the, I was number 10, like uh, on, and they only take the top 10 qualifiers. Yeah. And I just did enough to be like number 10. And I was just watching it. Like I turned it in at the last second so that like nobody could like bump me out, you know? <laughs> so I was just watching it and being like strategic about it. Um, and then I just turned in my things and then like everything closed. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm in 10th. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So what, yeah, that's how, how I got in. So I was, I, for, oh, so the other ways you can get in, I think is if you're like top 10 in the world, okay. um, which you can go on like OSG's website and then you submit all your different lifts. They have different lifts, like farmers, whatever. And then it ranks you. Um, and then also if you made finals last year, so if you were top 10 last year, then you got an invite. Okay. Okay. That's what so I So like, mean. I will be invited next year because I don't have to do the qualifier. 
How many total competitors started day one? In my class or like overall? Uh, in your class. There was a, only 11 in our class. A bunch of people like dropped out last yeah. minute. Yeah. yeah, I was wondering about that because I know some of the class, not just your class, but there were a couple others like that as well that sort of didn't have as many people there as, as we thought were going to be there. Well, that mm -hmm. was a certain, certainly a fun whirlwind for you. I, I, I can feel your energy, how excited you must have been to be able to compete so soon after you started in this sport to represent on such a large stage. Um, and your, your, your placing was fine. I mean, you were okay with it. You were glad to be there. And, and I think it was ninth place, right? Yeah, I tied for ninth. So there was like no 10th in our class. We'd like both got ninth. Yeah. So that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. What a great first experience. So what did you take away from that show? Was there anything in particular outside of the fact that, hey, I know what I need to do next year, but as a whole? Um, I, well, so I did also like, I did a platinum plus show two weeks before, two or three weeks before that I was, cause I was trying to get my Arnold invite from that show. And then there weren't enough girls for it to be in my class, for it to be an Arnold invite. So I, I trained for that show because I was like, okay, I, it's important to me to get my Arnold invite. And then OSG will be like a learning experience. So I did some log and stuff, but I knew I was like, the log is way heavier than I've ever done before. Like, but I didn't train. I almost everything at OSG was a PR for me. Um, so I just went in to OSG, like, I just wanted to have the experience. I knew like I wasn't going to win. Um, and I, I honestly, I almost didn't go like right before I, I was looking at who signed up because other people came in like Nadia and stuff like that. And I was like, I feel like I have no business like being at this show. And like all my people that I train with here, they were like, dude, you qualified, like you, you need to just go and do it and like, give it your best, you know, like you qualified to be there. It doesn't, I was worried that like, I'm like, I'm going to let everybody down. And everyone was like, you're not going to let anyone down. Like just, if you do your best, like that's all that anybody can ask for. Like, just go do it for the experience. Um, but I definitely took away from it that like, you should do big things that are hard. That scares you. Um, it's funny that you, you coach people I know, and you would tell them the same thing, right? You, you, the same thing, all your friends were telling you that you should know but it's almost like to accept that for yourself sometimes is the most difficult thing to do. It's um, really hard. Yeah. I, that's why I don't coach myself. And I just like rehired um, the Ryan Silva that was doing my nutrition. Cause I can't do my own nutrition either. I can't, I, I can't like coach myself or anything. Cause it is hard. It's yeah. hard to accept those things or like think of those things for yourself, but it's easy to like see it in other people, I guess. Yeah, so. I mean, it go, and, and it takes the thinking out of it for you too a little bit. I mean, especially mm -hmm. when you have a busy life like yourself with all these different things going on, to be able to pass that along to somebody in, in your training too, right? Your, your training and diet. Yeah. And how was how that? Uh, how, I was going to ask you, how are you guys working on your training program? You carry over a lot of the same type of philosophies as you did from powerlifting into strongman, or are you kind of just reinventing the wheel for yourself? So I have Terry Rady coaching me now for strongman after OSG, um, because Terry like has, so he has the reason that I chose Terry. Well, I also like his personality. Um, cause I, I'm actually a really like emotional person. Like I, I know that like, I look like I'm like not or whatever, but I like, if somebody yells at me, especially if I like miss a lift or something, I'll, I'm going to cry. Like I'm already beating myself up for that. I already know like what I need to do. I don't need somebody to like be yelling at me. And I like that about Terry is that he's 
like, Hey dude, like it's fine. Let it go. Like move on to the next thing. Um, but also he has like very top level female athletes in strongman and like Melissa, Jody. And I'm like, I, those are the people that like I look up to and that I want to be like, and I think they're really well-rounded strong women. And so, um, that's why I decided to go with Terry. And also I like that he has like the Olympic background because so many people told me when I started, like, you need to learn how to push press. You need to push press your log. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to like my split jerk is way stronger than my push press. Like I'm going to stick with split jerk and Terry has that background. So he has helped me a lot with like my split jerk and stuff like that. And he's not telling me like, Oh oh no, you need to totally like not get away from that. We're learning everything, but he's not telling me like, Oh, you can't split jerk. Yeah. You're keeping some of these, you're keeping some of these tools in your tool bag that you brought along with you. And that's good too. And I think I really like the fact that Terry is working with these higher level female athletes as well, because it really says a lot about his resume. Not that other people couldn't pull it off, but when you see that, it it brings a lot more confidence to the table. I'm sure when you guys are in a program and it doesn't leave a lot of doubt in your mind, I'm guessing you kind of are very open to anything that he puts on the table because he's had that experience with these other women. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how it was with me. Um, when I went for powerlifting, I went with Ryan as my coach because like he was coaching Hunter at the time. And I'm like, she's like uh, one of the top women yeah. in powerlifting. And so I'm like, if if he can peak her for a show, he can peak me for a show, you know, or me in powerlifting. So, um, and like, yeah, he had a lot of really strong or has a lot of really strong female powerlifters as well. So I kind of like look at those things and then, yeah, it, there's no doubt in my mind behind, um, somebody's training when you see all their athletes being like super successful yeah. and especially like a wide variety of athletes, you know, like for powerlifting, um, if a coach has, you know, people that pull sumo and people that pull conventional and some people like squatting and wrap, some not, I'm like, okay, they know what they're talking about, which that's how I feel like Terry, he has like a wide variety of athletes. And so I was super confident that he would be able to like do really well with me and, and that we would like do big things. So do you and Terry butt heads on your contest schedule? Cause it's pretty crazy. Does Terry try to talk you off the ledge and say, okay, come on, Julia. I mean, we gotta, we gotta get some training in here. You're doing show preps eight months out of the year right now. No, we just, um, we're not, we're treating the mammoth like a regular training day. Okay. So not really like peaking for that. And then we're just going to like peak for the Arnold. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it's yeah. Amazing and then I, I'm go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I'm sure after that, if I was like, Hey, can I do another meet right now? He would be like, no, right. but that's, I'm not going to do that. I promise. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's interesting to me in, in, in strongman programming, it's become now such sort of a niche thing, right? You're trying to find people that are familiar with what it means to compete, how you feel, how your body feels, because I don't have to tell you, you, you know how your body feels after a meet and what it goes through, especially the central nervous system. So finding that programming is, is kind of a niche thing right now. Um, do you have a lot of mm-hmm. people that you train in, in programming that sort of, uh, I guess, strong woman or strong that all strength sports or just do you have a particular program that you use for particular athletes um so I now have about three women that do I coach mostly women I have two dudes and then I have all women okay um but I have three women that do um strongman right now so and they're all very very beginner I don't think that I would feel comfortable coaching somebody who's like super advanced and strongman. Not that I can't do it, but I 
like you were saying, um, I would want them to go with somebody who has the competition experience on like big, uh, and at big competitions where I've done like one big competition. Um, but that's what I like about Terry too, is he's been on the world level. Like he's competed in a ton of high level competitions. And I think it's really important with your coach that they know what it's like to compete where you're competing. So like for me in powerlifting, I've done big powerlifting meets. So I feel like I can coach people into big powerlifting meets. I know what that's like to do that personally. Strongman, I don't think I'm quite there yet, um, but I'm okay with doing like beginners. And I actually like really like teaching the very basics of strongman movements because I like just went through that. So I yeah. feel like that's super fresh to me. Like I know how it is to be like, wanting to like put your arms under a stone or something. And you're like, bro, you're going to tear your bicep, like right. stuff like that. Like I, I understand the, how freaking awkward the log feels the first time you clean it and stuff. Cause I literally just, I've done log for like six months. So I know exactly how that feels. So I think that's kind of helpful with like the beginner athletes and stuff is that I just went through all that. What do you think the biggest difference is between, because you're on a different end of it now, you're not a beginner strongman, you're being trained by a great trainer for these high level shows. What do you think the biggest difference is between programming for uh, the beginner or the amateur, you know, let's say a, a, a one or two year type athlete, right? Just getting into it compared to this high mm -hmm. level programming. What are the biggest differences that you see training somebody like that than you being trained yourself? Um, I think there is like, so when you're a beginner, there's like, like literally you have to work on everything. So it's, you, you need to, as a coach for me, I'm like, okay, I'm going to give you like one cue at a time, you know, and then we're going to like build on that. So there's a lot more involved with like cueing and form help and stuff like that. And honestly, like for beginners, as long as you're not giving them like too much, I feel like almost any program, like they're going to get stronger sure. on, you know, because it's they're going from like nothing to like doing something. Um, and like, I'm a huge fan of linear progression. I think like why reinvent the wheel, you know, and especially with beginners, like linear progression works really well um, for all my athletes. And so I think that the programming is, is like a little bit easier, but you're doing like a lot more cueing when you have beginners. And then when you're like with a high level, um, I think there's, needs to be a lot of like self-regulation and communication with your coach of like, like I just recently, like two weeks ago, I had like an old SI joint injury, like start bothering me again. And so stuff like that, where I'm like communicating with Terry, like, Hey, deadlifts are like not feeling good now. So then we're like, okay, let's adjust your program to where you're not hinging. Like, what is it, you know, is it hurting you on this and that? And then it's like, where is this stemming from? And we're like, I have a weak inner core. Like I have a really strong posterior chain. I have a weak inner core. So we're like going to work on that. And so I think there's a lot more like little nuances of stuff that we're tweaking um, in my programming. And I think it's super important, like the communication, because you're also, once you're like lifting heavy weights, like you are, your form needs to be like super good. Cause you're a lot more prone to injury, obviously. So I think that would be the difference that I see yeah, the most. Yeah, I mean, that, ma that makes complete sense. I would, I would all, I'd mirror everything you just said. Um, how was your maintenance program? Um, I know you, you obviously through the years, of, especially with your knees uh, in rugby, and now you've had you know, little tweaks here and there. What do you do specifically for your maintenance program? Um, you know, let's just say year round. I mean, is there this go-to routine that you have both in and out of the gym that you do to maintenance yourself? 
Um, I'm really bad about that. And I just started getting better about that because I, well, I'm really busy and I will spend like three hours at the gym lifting. So I was kind of the person that was like, I don't really need to warm up. And now I'm like, okay, I need to warm up. So now um, Terry gives me warm ups that are specific for like the lifts that I'm doing. And then I'm doing, I went like to physical therapy again and I'm doing um, different stuff for like my hips. Um, I'm working on like my inner core. And so I'm doing probably like 30 minutes a day, off days and on days. Um, and I'm doing right now, like every day I'm doing like bird dogs and like clamshells and stuff like that to like try to strengthen my inner core and like my hips and everything. Cause that seems to be, so my weaknesses for sure is like my hips, my inner core, and then my upper back. Um, and so I'm trying to work on all those things and just become like more well-rounded and also take care of myself. I'm 30. So, I mean, I'm not like super old, but I'm also not 20. So I really need to be better about um, yeah, you, taking care of myself, which I'm trying to do. The same things you used to, I guess, right? I mean, you- No. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's probably one of the biggest differences between great athletes today, particularly in the strength sports, and great athletes 10 or 15 years ago in strength sports, is the whole maintenance routine is now being, it's, it's a larger part of the routine. It's equal to your, your training itself. And mm -hmm. I think that's why we're seeing this longevity now with so many athletes that are being successful in these master's classes and which, you know, are, are amazing in these 40 plus and 50 plus. Of course, it's been an evolution of the sport too, as you would agree. You have to actually have 30 or 40 years in a sport before you can have your master's right. class. But it's pretty impressive to see that, that all these older guys now and older gals are, are making it way through a sport that generally took people out in the first five or six years. Now they're in it 15, 20 years. Yeah, I think it's super important. It's definitely something that I'm incorporating more. And then also that I want to like pass on to my athletes because I kind of am the person who's like, oh, it's fine. Like I'll just push through it. Um, I, I have that like mentality sometimes and I have to kind of check myself and be like, Hey, we want to be in the sport for a long time. Like it's okay if we have to take two weeks off deadlifting, like it's not the end of the world, but right. it, it's hard. It's really hard to do that. Um, because especially once you're like, you're hitting PRs and everything's moving really well. Like the last thing you want to do is be like, Oh, I can't deadlift right now, but it's the thing that needs to be done. So, yeah, I think the, 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 the biggest bad word in lifting is deload, right? When you're on a roll, you don't want to deload. You just want to keep mm -hmm. going. Sometimes that's the best thing to do is stop before something starts breaking or hurting. So how's your diet and nutrition program? You mentioned you have Jay, Jay, you said doing that for you. I have, um, Ryan Silva is doing oh, Ryan, my, okay. Okay. yeah. So I worked with Ryan, um, I think, yeah, it was like a year we worked together for a year and he, he was doing my nutrition. So before I was training with Ryan, I, I did, I was doing my own nutrition and through powerlifting, like I got all the way up at one point I was 208 was my heaviest that I was. Um, and it was like January, 2020 was when I was like 208. And I was like, bro, I don't feel good. Like at this weight, it was just like too much. And I did a powerlifting meet in Ireland and I was, I had qualified, it was worlds. So I had to be 198 and I water cut and like traveled internationally. And it was awful. Like, and I couldn't get the last like kilo off. And I was like running around the parking lot, like sweating and like, oh, no. and my scale, like wouldn't work on the bathroom floor because it's old hotels and like nothing's even and whatever. 
And I was just like, I never, ever, ever want to do that again. And I need to like, if I'm going to compete at 198, I need to weigh 198. If I'm going to be super heavyweight, whatever. But like at that show or me, I couldn't compete if I wasn't 198. And so I was like, okay, I really need to like get this in check. So I did my own nutrition. Um, and I worked with, uh, I worked for a couple weeks with my friend, Ashley, she's her, her Instagram is veggie lifter, um, Ashley Contorno. And because I, I decided I wanted to be vegetarian. So oh, wow. we did. Yeah. Um, after I went to Ireland and like all the chicken wings were like really tiny. And then we, I came back here and I was like, Ugh, like I couldn't eat our meat. Um, and so I was vegetarian for like maybe six months. And she okay, helped good. me. I, You're not a vegetarian anymore, right? No, I'm not. Once, once like the sh COVID shutdowns, there was like no, there was like no food that I could oh, buy because yeah. people were stocking up on like tofu and stuff. And I'm like, bro, I need to eat that shit. Like, like yeah. stop. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I was just like, like whatever, I'm going to eat meat. Like it's easier. So yeah, I'm not vegetarian anymore. Um, but I was working with her and she like helped me get into a routine of like back into meal prepping and stuff like that. And then I took my nutrition from there and I lost 20 pounds, uh, between oh. it, it was, let's see. So it would have been January, 2020 to December, 2020. Yeah. That makes sense. So like a year, um, right. So healthy yeah. weight loss. Yeah. It was almost a year, a good, healthy. Yeah. Weight loss. Okay. Yeah. Totally. Like very slow, like, um, very monitored. Like we had refeeds in there or I had refeeds in there once I took over my own thing. So she like helped me get started and then I took it on my own and I, I, wasn't vegetarian anymore. Um, and then when I started working with Ryan, cause I met him at a meet that I did, uh, that year in Kansas city, then I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and do nutrition as well. Like I might as well just have somebody do everything. Plus yeah. if my coach knows what I'm eating, then I feel like it just goes together. Like it works. So I had Ryan take it over and we got down to 178 was the lightest that I ever was. So that was a 30 pounds. And that was in July of this year, 2021. Yeah. Like July, August, September, I was that weight. Yeah. Cause for the pioneer, I walked in at 178. I didn't have to yeah. cut. Whoa. Um, yeah, I, I didn't cut at all for like the Liberty brawl either. It was so nice. Like I felt amazing competing. Um, and I was in an even lower weight class. So I went down to 181s. Um, did you maintain and your I was like Julia? super, did you maintain your I put, drop? I put 177 pounds on my total. Oh my God. From, from two, from 198. From literally from, uh, that meet that I did in Ireland yeah. when I was two, like I, I refed and I was 208. I put 177 wow. pounds on my total. So wow. literally when people tell me like, oh, you can't lose weight and gain strength. I'm like, well, look yeah, at this. Right. Cause yeah. you can. That's amazing. If you do it correctly, you know. That's right. Yeah. yeah and it sounds like you did, right? You you lost the weight in a really methodical fashion. Your diet and nutrition were dialed in. Yeah. You maintained mm -hmm. your lean muscle mass and simply that's the way it should work. Unfortunately, a lot of people yeah. don't have that person in their corner or that knowledge to be able to pull that off. I think that's the next caveat for strong men. It's to figure out the diet. I think once we start seeing that, as amazing as it is, all the things we're seeing now, I think we're even going to see it go up another step um, for sure. How did you do? How I got to ask, how, how was the Ireland meet? Did you just lay an egg or did you get it done? What was that? You cut out a little bit. The, the Ireland meet. How did, how did you finish that off? Was it a bad day or did you get it done? Oh, 
so like I did good on squats and bench and then my deadlifts that that's what would always happen to me when I would cut is like I could never get my second and third deadlift like I would and also like I think the time difference didn't really help with that because it was like a nine hour time difference but I couldn't even pull my like second attempt deadlift and and then once I stopped cutting I I've gone like three for three on my deadlifts so and even in that time too, between those meets, I injured my pec minor. I tore my pec minor. Oh, and wow. so my bench like ended up not being as good, but I still put that amount on my total. Um, Cause I used to bench 240. And then at that meet, I benched like 215. Yeah. So yeah, a little bit of a drop. Yeah. Well, anyhow, you got the job done without yeah. any further injury, I guess. But now with my nutrition. And so I have, so I was, I just like after, um, after I went to strongman, I was like doing my own nutrition and maintaining my weight fine until, until OSG, literally doing a three day show. Like I ate so much. It was absurd. Like I gained at least 10 pounds, like over the weekend at OSG, just from eating and like rehydrating and everything. And then, uh, for like, probably like two, three weeks after that, I was, I just like ate whatever I, I literally ate McDonald's like every day. I'm sure you saw yeah, um, I did. I saw your post. So, on I was going to bring that up. Yeah, that must be how you got there. I I was wondering yeah. because you up to that point hadn't competed in anything that was more than just one day. How did you like the OSG setup? Was that did you like it, or would you like to see you know these events go to a one day event? I, I I always get a little bit of different opinions from people. You know, on that some people like it, some people don't. How'd you feel about it? So I actually, I've done one show before that was two days. Okay. I, um, I did World's Strongest Logger was my first strongman show and it was two days, oh, okay. but it was kind of like Highland game events the first day. Like we had like stone put and stuff. So it wasn't as like, like Actually. heavy the first yeah. day. Yeah. Um, but I think at OSG, especially for like how many competitors there are, it makes sense to spread it out because if we were trying to do all those events in one or two days, it would be crazy. Like you would be there so late. Yeah, I guess the amount of competitors would make the biggest difference. You're right. Because I know that world's ultimate strong man in Dubai, you know, they pulled all that off in one day in a couple hours. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, everybody liked that, you know, that style. But again, there was only six or eight. I can't remember. It was a low amount of competitors. So I guess you're right. If we saw that here, we'd certainly have to see a, a, a lot fewer competitors if we ever wanted to see maybe that transition. But why would we, right? The more the merrier. So yeah. Yeah. And with the, so the platinum plus show that I did right before OSG, I, there was only like eight of us that ended up showing up, um, total in like all the classes, men and women. And we started at like 10 and we were done at like one. And that was really nice. Like, so if you don't have a lot of competitors, it's nice to like run it like that. But OSG was also very efficient. It's not like it was long because it wasn't efficient. It was long because there's a lot of competitors. Um, which they, it was super nice. Like, and the thing too, was that I was done. Like I didn't stay and watch all the men go because I went home and ate a lot and like went to bed. So I was done early. So it probably sucked more for the men that were done later at night. Um, but I guess they didn't start as early the next day. So it's not like I had to stay there the entire time, you know? So it didn't like seem super long to me. So it, was it wasn't kind of, a big deal. You stayed deal. on your routine, basically. You woke up. It's almost like going to the gym and you're going to the contest, going back home, resting. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It would be a big difference if you had to do that at night. It might, well, of course, stateside, that's nice. I think yeah. where we're at now with Strongman between Clash and I had Anthony on the other day and we were talking about 
some of his new events coming up, women's included, which I think is going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the Arnold, you know, through Strongman Corp. Uh, I think USS has still got a lot of their worlds they're doing here as well. And then, of course, OSG being over here, which was super nice. It's nice to have these opportunities now for our upper echelon of athletes to be able to compete on our own soil. Not to be, not just because we all love to see and be a, participate with you guys, but that travel is just terrible. I mean, there's just no right way to get that done unless you're literally going over there and transplanting yourself for four weeks in training and getting ready for a show. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. Like... And I, I actually had never um, been to another country besides like Mexico when I went to Ireland. So I had never traveled internationally. I did not realize how like much that was going to affect me. And I think I got there like three days before I competed. It was really, really hard. Like, and there's, I don't know what you do to combat that besides, like you said, like go way early and get accustomed to it. Cause you just cannot get accustomed to that in that amount of time and you're like stressed and if you're cutting it's awful um which like I I'm a huge like advocate for not cutting I think cutting is terrible I don't recommend it to any of my athletes like I get it if you're going for an all-time world record or something but like if you're not if, if you're going for like even a state record I'm like bro don't cut just like do do your best performance you know and and like, I don't know, that's my philosophy you know, on it because it's, it's funny been you say that. horrible. It's funny you say that because there's I've, I've had this conversation now with so many people, the cutting thing, right? And, and some people know how to get it done. Listen, Nick Canby was a wrestler in college. He knows how yeah. to cut. But the, the real problem is the guys that don't know how to cut. And they're and God forbid they're using different ways to cut that can cause them other issues Right. we don't want to see. But you're right. I mean, I, I was at a contest this past summer where a lot of guys were cutting. And it just like, you know, just like it was supposed to work out, they all shit the bed. I mean, it didn't work out for them. Yeah. You know, because cutting, as we know, especially in strength sports, it, boy, it's, it just doesn't work the way we think it should work, you know? Right. Um, yeah. And so I, I can totally imagine. Camp you are. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. I've never cut for a strongman show. I cannot imagine like trying to do like a medley and stuff after like you're running yeah. around. Like I already feel like I'm going to pass out after I do any medley. Like I can't even imagine what that's like and then also just like how detrimental that is for your body like long term and stuff mm -hmm. it's just not something that I'm willing to really go through like I love strong man but I'm not willing to like you know put my body through that just to like be more competitive when like you're probably not even more competitive unless you are somebody that that knows how to cut really well and it doesn't affect you as much but I am not that person it affects me a lot and also I'm really, really grumpy. And like my mom comes to me, comes with me to all my competitions. And I don't want to like be a bitch to my mom. Like she traveled out there. And when I'm cutting, I am a nightmare. So I'm like, I need to just not do that. Like it's not good for anybody. So I'm I I don't think I will ever cut for a show. Um, and like maybe one day I'll I'll be an open where it doesn't matter anyways. But I think you should just compete at what your weight class is, especially like for newer lifters. Yeah, it's nice to know yourself. Good for you and your mom. Yeah, that that would be bad. Um, yeah, yeah, so that's the next big question, right? Because you're competing now at like, uh, uh, what, 181, right around there? Mm -hmm. And then the up next class is 198, right? Is that where the break the break's at? For so, yeah, so, well, it I guess it depends on like, so for for um, powerlifting, yeah, the next class up would be 198. Yeah, what is it for? And yeah. then, so... So in like USS, they do have a 198 weight class. It's like a subclass. And then I know at nationals for strongman corp, they had like, I believe it was a sub 200, um, like 
subclass of the open class. But then like at OSG, if I had gone up, I would have just been an open. So right. right. Okay. Yeah. So it depends, I guess, on what you're competing in, um, which like for me, if I'm going into like open, I'm not very big. Like I'm not ready to be an open yet, but I don't have, I'm not opposed to going up to open in like a couple of years or something. Um, it's not something where I would be, I, I, I realize that I would be not as competitive at first, um, going up a weight class, but that's something that I'm totally willing to do. And, and if I need to, because I'm not going to like keep cutting to, 181 if I'm walking around at right. like 200 it's just not worth it to me sure especially with your training program I and mean, the whole idea there is to keep building lean muscle mass so you might find yourself there by default at some point anyhow yeah oh uh, how tall are you I'm 5'9 so I'm pretty tall okay so you you can hold it I mean it's no question at some point you can see yourself I could see yourself there too I mean obviously to me yeah I think I could definitely I just did a DEXA scan and I think I was 178 pounds of lean muscle. And then I'm like 21% body fat right now. So oh. I, yeah, I know. I thought I was leaner than that, but whatever. That's really so. good. No, I mean, you're practically oh, a figure you. competitor. Maybe she just going to bodybuilding now. Um, <laughs> maybe I will in a lot of, in like five years. That okay. actually is funny that you say that because um, I just texted Terry the other day and was like, Hey, at some point, just want to let you know that like, I want to do a figure show. Um, really the cat's out of the bag we got it out of you figure showing five yeah. years so my thing that I would want to do though is obviously like I want to do a lot in strongman and I want to get really good on all the implements and everything and I'm not going to like go into two other sports at once but I would want to get to the point where like my prep for the figure show wouldn't be too too difficult diet wise like I, I would want to already be pretty lean wow. um yeah, that, so, that, that, that would be interesting. I hope I'll, I'll we'll keep, follow up with you a few times before then, but I, that would be the biggest question, how to pull that off to be competitive still in another sport, right? I mean, I don't, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a riddle. That really is a riddle. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so like, I know Hunter Henderson, like she just did, she just got her pro card in bodybuilding. And yes. then she obviously is one of the best powerlifters of all time. And then I also had Sierra Cho on my podcast and she, um, I, she's one of the top 181 powerlifters of all time. And then she just did wellness and she was like one place away from getting her pro card. So oh. she'll get her pro card soon. Um, so I know people are doing it in powerlifting. I don't know. I, there's no one that I can think of in strongman that's doing both no, or has done both. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it'd be really cool to like be top level in like three different sports. So too. Yeah. And, and I would go for the figure category because I have like, um, more broad shoulders and lats. And then I, I don't have very like, uh, wide hips. I have more narrow hips. So I think wellness is like a bigger lower body. And I think I would do better in figure. Um, plus I, I want to just do like the front side back side poses. Yeah. Like I don't want to do a whole posing routine. Um, right. it looks cool, but like, I just want it to be I don't know, more easy. Um, if it's, it's not going to be my main sport, you know, no, so, but I, I, but I think it'd be really cool. That, I love the idea that you're, you know, that that's in the back of your mind and it should be, I mean, with every strength athlete and everybody that's in the lifting game in their gym life, you know, there, there's gotta be these different goals that you're setting that are a little bit off reservation. And that's a great goal. It's really interesting to me. And I know we've always sort of seen it, but probably more so in the last three or four years is powerlifting crossover into bodybuilding, 
which, oh, by the way, if there's any better sport to cross over in the bodybuilding, the way, well, obviously Hunter is a perfect example of that. These people are blowing people out of the water. Ben Pollock's another one, you know, won his pro card and he's obviously a great power lifter. It's mm -hmm. all this muscle that these power lifters have that these bodybuilders just don't have. Uh, so it is pretty interesting. And now we're seeing, well, I think Ben is actually yeah. doing strongman now, or at least he's been training it, which I thought that would be great to see him get a pro card in strongman. I think he would be the first <laughs> athlete ever to have powerlifting, bodybuilding, and strongman. I mean, so why not? Why not do it is what I'm getting at. 